we've also spent a lot of time talking about the state of politics in our province and in our country, and we are currently, uh, and you know, these conversations revolve largely around conservative politics right now, and the reason being we have leadership races provincially and federally with the conservative party, so we're sort of seeing different conservative candidates align themselves with this group, that group, this movement, that movement, and, and um, you know, and then we argue about whether they've gone too far or not far enough, and that's the way that it works. But is there some bedrock? Is there some areas that it's just, okay, we all agree. We all say this is a line that no political candidate should cross. And if they do, it's disqualifying. Do we have that? Does that exist in this country? Um, should it? Uh, we're going to chat now with Hugh Siegel. Um, Hugh is a Matthews Fellow at the Queen's School of Policy Studies, former Chief of Staff to Prime Minister Brian Mulroney, and a former Associate Cabinet Secretary in Ontario for Federal-Provincial Relations. Uh, Mr. Siegel, thank you so much for your time. It's a pleasure to chat once again. Well, I'm glad to be here with you. It's a conversation that I, I spend a lot of time thinking about, and uh, I'm glad we have a chance to talk about it. Uh, we're going to be sort of bouncing around off your piece that you wrote recently, and in it, you draw parallels between the January 6th hearings and the January 6th incident in the United States and the recent activity we saw in Canada. Where do you see the similarities? Well, um, we had, as, as uh, your listeners will remember, uh, the occupation of the national capital downtown of, the, of, uh, of Ottawa uh, by the Truckers Freedom Convoy, uh, and it went on for many, many weeks before the, um, uh, the police uh, got the authority to move people out as peacefully uh, as possible. And um, during that period of time, um, we had some members of the Freedom Convoy, not all, I want to be clear about that, mm-hmm. but some, who did some things which I think most Canadians would view as distasteful. There were some people waving a Nazi swastika flag, some wearing a Confederate flag, some people danced on the grave of the unknown soldier at the War Memorial near Parliament. And and uh, and those are the sorts of things which I think most members of the convoy would have been unhappy about, and certainly it was not something which endeared the uh, Freedom Convoy to the vast majority of Canadians. One of the things that happened in that process was uh, when the convoy arrived, uh, a group of members of the Freedom Convoy issued a Memorandum of Understanding, and that Memorandum of Understanding called for the Governor General, who I remind your listeners is not elected, and the Senate who I remind your listeners is not elected, I know that because I was a member of it for about 10 years, um, to remove the Prime Minister, who I remind remind your listeners was duly elected under our democratic process, and replace him with a a tripartite circumstance where the Governor-General, the Senate, and representatives of the Truckers' Convoy would constitute the new government. Now, uh, under the Criminal Code of Canada, Removing a duly elected government by something other than a democratic election is called sedition. And as many of your listeners and viewers who are watching the hearings in Washington may have seen, there's been quite a bit of coverage that many of the people who were part of the insurrection on January the 6th in Washington have been charged with seditious conspiracy. In other words, they were planning to remove the constitutional capacity of the vice president and the U.S. Congress to confirm the election results and to do so by use of force. So the point that I tried to make in my piece in the Globe was that 
Um, it's not acceptable in any democracy or any person seeking high office to um, be in either in favor of or ambivalent about uh, using sedition as a way to change the government. We change governments in this country through elections where people get to vote. We sometimes get rid of governments because the government loses a confidence vote in the House of Commons, but the people voting in that confidence vote are all duly elected members of Parliament who are accountable to their constituents. So that's the point that I was trying to make, and I was focusing specifically on Pierre Polyev because he was one of the MPs who went down from Parliament Hill and met with the truckers and was supportive of what they were doing and had photographs taken. And, and to be fair to Pierre, he's made it perfectly clear that while he supported the cause and the freedom, he wasn't in favor of anything illegal that may have been done, such as dancing on the grave of the unknown soldier, mm-hmm. etc. But he did not say anything about the proposal in the, um, uh, in the memorandum of, of uh, understanding about removing the prime minister by something other a democratic process. And so my view is, if he's serious about being leader of the Conservative Party, as I assume he is, and about being Prime Minister, he has to be very, very clear that he has no time for sedition, and he has not, to this point, said anything of that kind. Can, uh, and a lot of them have tried to walk this line and say, well, you know what, and, and, and Hugh, I'm seeing it all over, all over my text line, and, you're, and I'm sure you're not surprised. Oh, come on, it was one person with a swastika. Don't try and paint the whole crowd. And that's that's where we start pulling this apart, right? And as you were very careful to do off the top, um, we're not painting everybody with the same brush, but we're not we're not running for office. So if you're a, if you're a politician who is, um, can you walk that line? Can you say, well, I like this person at the convoy, but I don't agree with that person at the convoy? And do you need to be crystal clear about that? I thought that, um, and, I, and I'm just so everybody, your listeners are clear, uh, I am a member of the Conservative Party, and I'm not supporting Mr. Polyev, but I want to be fair. I thought when he made the distinction between those people who come to Ottawa to make their case, they're concerned about vaccine mandates and other issues, but were not involved in anything that was specifically illegal, was one group. Those who were doing illegal things, he wanted to disassociate himself from. So I give him credit for having done that. Having said that, he has been silent on the issue of the proposal to replace the existing prime minister, duly elected, by a tripartite new arrangement, which would have, by the way, no constitutional uh, legitimacy in Canada, of a governor general unelected, a Senate unelected, and then representatives of the truckers, who would be, I assume, unelected. He's been silent on that. And I think that he owes it to people who support him and to the country to be clear about how he feels about that. Um, when we take a look at this, you know why they don't. Um, and, 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 you know, here's my text line just telling you, uh, you know, and during the convoy, Trudeau hid and illegally invoked the Emergency Act, and now he's lying about it. The reason he's doing it is because there's, a, there's support there. There's, there's support there. In a, in, a, in, a, in a way, it's cutting off some of your support to come out and say this was wrong. And we've seen all kinds of different conservative candidates jumping around this position as they run for the leadership. John Charest has been very vocal about it and saying this was a disaster. It was a crime. It shouldn't have happened. But other than that, it's all sort of shades of gray. Well, I think you're right. And I think, quite frankly, if we let's assume for a moment that a whole bunch of Canadians would like to remove the present government at the next election. Let's, let's, let's assume for a moment 
that all of the people seeking the conservative leadership want to be the leader of the party that does that because they want to be successful politically. All of that is great. But I think it's really important that people who aspire to high office and who clearly have a reasonable chance of getting there, as will be the case, Mr. Pollier, make it perfectly clear that whatever they have in mind, anybody who proposes a non-democratic way of removing a government is not someone they would ever support or tolerate. Because if they are not clear about that, they leave the door open to a whole bunch of folk on the fringes, far right, far left, who may be involved, in fact, in suggesting that we really shouldn't wait for elections. They're such a pain in the neck. We should just get rid of the government some other way. Well, that is sedition. That is treasonous. And it's against the criminal code. That's why I think people who aspire to high office should be precise about that. Mr. Siegel, it's an interesting conversation, and it sparked a lot of debate on the text line. I appreciate your time today. Thank you. Thank you. All the very best. That's Hugh Siegel, who, I'm going to just say again, was chief of staff to Brian Mulroney and served as the federal and provincial relations associate cabinet secretary in the Ontario government.